Happy holidays, everyone, and welcome back to the 50th episode of 12 Days Pod. Wow. I'm Dan Takaki, and I am joined here with my co-host, partner, fiancé, and my favorite violent little elf, Kara Zalaya. That's me. I'm a violent little elf. Nom, 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 nom. I can't believe that this is our 50th episode. Yeah, it... We were talking about it, and that's basically a year's worth of content if we were putting out a podcast every week. For those of you who are weekly podcasters, God love you. Couldn't be us. Yeah, it's so much planning. And work. And and coordination. And all of that. And because it takes so much planning, work, and coordination, I am going to humbly ask all of you who have been here, whether it's been for four episodes or for four seasons, to make sure to give us a like and a subscribe and a rating, especially on Apple Podcasts. If you review us on Apple Podcasts with your words and with your five stars, it really helps other people find us. So... With that said, if you're new here, this is our holiday season podcast, one that is so seasonal that it is only relevant for 12 weeks of the year, which is how long Christmas is meant to be celebrated. That's right. We love Christmas and we love Christmas movies. So we're here to talk about some of our favorites and some of our not so favorites for no reason other than to have a good time. So let's get into it. Kara, what are we talking about this week? This week, we are taking a look back at a pretty recent movie, Violent Night, which came out last year, starring Hollywood's grumpiest dad figure, one of my all-time favorites, David Harbour, as the titular violence. We both knew this came out last year and that we'd probably end up watching this at some point, but why don't you tell us what you thought this movie was going to be about? So, obviously, we both thought this was going to be pretty gory. Yeah. But I thought this would kind of be like John Wick, but Santa is John Wick. Mm. Uh, I thought that someone close to David Harbour would get killed or hurt. Mm -hmm. And David Harbour is not the real Santa, but goes on a revenge mission on Christmas to get the bad guys while wearing like a Santa costume. Got it. Yeah. That would be a good movie. It would be a good movie. I feel like there is a movie coming out this year that is sort of like that, though. Which is maybe where I got the inspiration for it. Very possible. I predicted there was going to be a lot of like hokey, cheesy Christmas-based puns in this. Mm-hmm. And there were. Oh, did not disappoint. Yeah. And I thought it would be very bloody. But I was not quite prepared for the level of gore that was in this. We'll get into it. Yeah. But great time all around, though. Loved the watch. How about you? <laughs> what wow. did you think this was going to be? Cutting to your notes already. <laughs> So immediately, because it's David Harbour, I assumed that he fucks, you Mm -hmm. know, like, I don't know, David Harbour has that dad body, but he's grumpy and he fucks and I love Stranger Things and he's often typecast as a dad. So that's what I thought he would be. Mm -hmm. And that a lot of bad things had happened to him. I thought maybe something happened to to his child or, you know, we don't really even get that because we don't get that much insight into this Santa lore, although we do get some I, interesting... I would say we get deep into the Santa lore in this. Well, we don't get a deep into his personal life in this one, like we do in some other Santa That's lores. true. Yet. Yet. Because there's a sequel. So yeah, I thought maybe something happened to his child. It happens on Christmas, and I thought that it would be like Taken, but Christmas, mm. instead of what it actually was. I'm really excited to get into this. This was a surprising watch. So why don't you go ahead and tell us what happens in this movie? Okay, so we were both right that yes. this this would sort of be an homage to other action movies. Mm-hmm. But instead of being Taken or John Wick, it was basically Die Hard. Yeah. 
But instead of John McClane, it was actual real Santa Claus played by David Harbour, who is trying to rescue a very rich and problematic family from a group of thieves trying to steal like $300 million on Christmas Eve. Mm -hmm. Uh, The group of thieves is led by John Leguizamo, a.k.a. his codename Scrooge. A surprising casting. Yeah, this is in my notes. But other than David Harbour and John Leguizamo, every other actor in this movie looked like somebody else that was probably more famous than them. No hate to the actors in this movie. I just like I we went through the cast list and I was like, I don't know who any of these people are but they all look like somebody else that could be someone i did go through the cast list after we watched it and i actually have a little fun fact about the supporting cast great so we'll get into it i can't wait plot wise the movie was very simple mm-hmm. there is a family with a little girl whose parents are either divorced or on the verge of divorce and they're gonna go spend christmas with the dad's very rich family at their like compound or mansion mm-hmm. The little girl loves Christmas, and she still believes in Santa. Of course. But because her dad didn't take her to see Santa, because why? He is TM, bad dad. Classic. She's afraid she won't get anything from Santa this year. Mm-hmm. And so her dad, in like a, a, a frenzy, finds an old walkie-talkie in his mom's basement and gives it to her and tells her that it's a direct line to Santa. Uh, so she can talk to him whenever she wants and tell him what she wants, even though he might not answer because he's so busy tonight. This is a very cute scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's like trying to be creative. It's not for a lack of them not getting her presents. She just wants to be able to tell Santa what her Christmas wish is. Exactly. You know, money can buy a lot of things, but it can't buy time. That's true. I mean, it can in different ways. I su- anyway. I suppose so. So the important characters in this movie are the little girl whose name is Trudy, who's named after her grandmother named Gertrude. And there's a joke in it about how the teen boy influencer, his name is Bert. But he's also named after the grandmother because his name is Bertrude. Oh, I missed that completely. Yeah. And so, like, they all named their children after the grandmother. Relatable. To try and win over her favor. Anyway, so grandmother's Gertrude. Yeah. Little girl, Trudy. Sure. John Leguizamo and Santa. Got it. And then John Leguizamo's got a bunch of henchmen that all have uh, Christmas pun related names. Yes. That's their code names. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a... Who's our guy from last year? Krampus. There's a Krampus character. Oh, there's a Krampus character. Who's our guy from last year? Yeah. I... That's exactly the correct thing to say. This is coming out... This is our Halloween episode. And Krampus was our Halloween episode last year. I see. Okay. So, Santa is a very grumpy old Santa, and he's tired of delivering presents. He complains about how kids are terrible these days, and no one has Christmas spirit anymore. Listen, as someone who recently was like, I'm getting too old, because we sat next to some youngins at an art festival, and we were like, do kids just not smile anymore? Do they always just complain about what newsletters they've signed up for? This is a very specific thing that happened to us two days ago. I will say, this movie has a lot of new wrinkles and elements to the lore of Santa, which I'll get into. But Mm -hmm. just know that this Santa's whole thing is that he openly explains how he doesn't really understand how his own magic works. um, Yeah. Which comes into play a few times. There are certain things that he can do with it that he does pretty frequently. But his whole thing is he doesn't really understand how it works, even though he's been Santa for like a thousand years. I mean, relatable. Yeah. 
So we see him going around delivering presents, and he ends up at the Lightstones' house. So this this family is called the Lightstones. <laughs> Their last name is the Lightstones. I know. It sounds like the Flintstones. Lightstones meet the Lightstones. Well, this is the Lightstones. Is that the Jetsons? No, that was the Flintstones. Yeah, I think that was the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> All my references are so timely. I'm with the kids. Well, so our next episode we're doing is called The Family Stone. Uh, and those are the stones. But this is the light stones. And then the one after that we're doing the heavy stones. Oh, good. The boulders. The boulders. So the light stones uh, have this giant mansion. And so Santa goes to deliver presents there to check the place out. And while he's there, he eats the cookies and sees that they're homemade. And so he's like, oh, these are pretty good. And then he sits down in a massage chair just to like take a break. And he ends up falling asleep. So while this is going on, John Leguizamo and his crew are already at the house pretending to be workers at this holiday party. And they immediately kill all the guards and non-family members. Um, And they have to try and break into this very complicated vault in the mansion. You know, they do classic movie technology of like, oh yeah, the numbers change every six seconds and we got to figure it out. But we got the top safe guys in the biz and we know all your details. That's like the whole thing. So they're on a timer of trying to get this thing. Sure. And they take the family hostage. Yeah. The grandmother who is like the owner of the house, the mansion, the company, just the the matriarch of of the story, keeps threatening that she has this kill squad or this strike team coming to take them out because she has them on retainer, I guess. Sure. And John Leguizamo is like, oh, no, your strike team? Yeah, I know all about them. And I know that they're not going to be here for another 30 minutes. (laughs) And what we don't know is that he's also already paid them off to come help with their efforts. Sure. Yeah. Yep. So Santa wakes up and begins systematically taking out all of the bad guys with various magic and brute force. He eventually gets in contact with Trudy and using the walkie-talkie that was in the basement, he tells her to go and hide. And so she goes into the attic and begins setting up Home Alone style traps because she loves the movie Home Alone. She's like, oh, I'll protect myself with these Home Alone traps like in the movie. (laughs) Home Alone. And um, spoiler alert, they work. We also at this point start learning more about Santa as they talk and Santa's whole backstory. And so here's a list of some some new things we've learned. Can I say, before you get into this list, it is not like a slow trickle of information. It is literally a like montage. It's a war flashback. Yeah, it is just like, all right, and now it's time for the exposition. Yeah, so he has been Santa for over a thousand years, as we mentioned, but he has not always been Santa. At one point, he just became santa he doesn't know how or when or why it happened but it just did i also enjoy that a lot about this movie is that santa's like i don't know kid santa magic i don't know how it works either he's like like, that's his common catchphrase he's like man it's been a while since i've seen my parents (laughs) we're just like okay (laughs) (laughs) what does that mean so at one point he was a viking warrior with a giant red sledgehammer. Mm-hmm. That was his main weapon of choice. It was like this giant war hammer. At some point, he finds a different sledgehammer to use during his his killing spree that he goes on. In defense of the house, we'll say. You might talk about this at some point, but like the different ways in which he kills these bad guys are like all over the place. He like electrocutes one of them in the eyeball with a star. 
I gotta be honest, I don't do well with gore, so you I looked didn't, a, you looked I away for watch. a lot of this. Yeah, I wasn't watching how he was doing the murder, so that's on you to report back. Yeah, you know there was um, lots of nails. One of them got impaled on an icicle, like a giant icicle oh, stalagmite. I did see that. That's my favorite murder weapon is an icicle. Yeah, because it melts away. Yeah, this one was not melting. He, oh, he was mm. fully impaled. Mm. Um, He's got all sorts of transportation and disappearing magic, but it's also potentially linked to Christmas spirit because he tries to use it a couple of times and it doesn't work, but then sometimes it does. Trudy also then asks him at one point why parents don't believe in Santa because her dad at one point was like, Santa's not real. And Trudy's like, yes, he is. I'm talking to him. (laughs) Santa says that over time, people just lose faith and Santa only delivers presents to kids who are both really good and who really need it, much like Trudy. But he tells her he can't help her with her Christmas, which which is for her parents to make up and love each other again. Right. Okay, back to the action. Santa is captured at some point by the thieves in John Leguizamo, and he explains how he hates Christmas because his dad used to be really into it and make a big deal out of it, but one year he lost his job, and they have a really bleak Christmas. And while their neighbors are having a very lavish Christmas next door, John Leguizamo's character as a kid goes and steals all their presents like the Grinch and like destroys their decorations. And he's like, nothing ever made me happier. And so now he hates Christmas. Can I say, I, 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 there's a lot about this John Leguizamo character. And I he's like, I was poor and things were bad. But also, I'm a serial killer type. The thing is, too, is like, I don't know why, for the life of me, he chose this family other than the fact that they recently had $300 million transported to their house. Like, I just like, I maybe they talked about it, but I don't remember. So, of course, this is like the one thing I remembered is right. that this is what happened. Gertrude Lightstone stole $300 million from the government via her oil company. She's an oil company. Oh, right. She's like an oil, like, baron. Yes. And the money was earmarked for a bunch of Middle Eastern governments during the 80s, meaning that she would be responsible for, like, all of the deaths that ensued throughout this entire region in one way or another. Great. (laughs) Love that for her. (laughs) Why is Santa saving them again? Just for the little girl. So there's an article on Screen Rant that talks about this as well. Mm-hmm. And it says, like, the only characters in Violent Night that Santa targets are the mercenaries attempting to rob this money rather than the criminals who stole it in the first place. <laughs> Why Santa never killed Gertrude Lightstone with a tree ornament in the 80s and distributed the money among various Middle Eastern governments, or indeed why he doesn't or do so in the present, is never addressed. Well, to be fair... <laughs> They probably don't celebrate Christmas very much in the Middle well, East. Yeah, sure. And the title... Just... <laughs> that's fair. And the title of this article is Violent Night's Santa Story Has a Major Plot Hole. <laughs> Here's the thing, too. He could have redeemed himself from that mishap early on and been like, you know, at the end of The Hunger Games when Katniss kills President Coyne instead sure. of President Snow. Sure. He could have killed Gertrude and then, like, let the mob kill John Leguizamo's character. But we'll get to that in a second. So once the bad guys break into the vault, they learn that all the money has already been stolen. 
and it turns out Trudy's dad had stolen the money and was going to use it to get him and his family away from the rest of the family and along with it get rid of their problems sure and like his wife was like oh we're gonna get away from the family business that's great i i can't wait to like live our own lives especially when you realize what the family business is right and then she was like wait you were stealing this money that's how we were gonna start off on our own no (laughs) no (laughs) anyway trudy's dad shows john leguizamo where he was keeping the money and as they're escaping santa chases them all down and kills the other bad guys and there's a final showdown in the woods between john leguizamo and santa where they fight to the death and john leguizamo kills santa but then gertrude kills leguizamo (laughs) and as santa is dying they try and keep him warm and trudy's dad burns i want to say he burns some of the money. He takes like one bag and dumps it into fire to like I try and just... get Santa warm. Um, but it doesn't work. And everybody's like, no, you're going to burn the money. And he's like, I don't care. We got to save Santa. But they only dump one bag of money onto the fire. And there's like dozens of duffel bags filled with millions of dollars. And everybody's like, no. And anyway, <laughs> then Trudy and everyone say that they believe in Santa. And he comes back from the dead by, quote, Santa magic. Sure. Uh, and Santa says he does not understand. Didn't know it was possible, but glad to hear it. And then Santa rides off into the night with his reindeer and a letter from Mrs. Claus uh, that dropped off his special sledgehammer. And uh, that's how the movie ends. There's a lot of dead bodies in this rich family's mansion and no lessons are learned. Not one singular not, lesson. No lessons. I will say also Trudy did personally kill one of the bad guys. I'll get into that. And it did answer the question, should Daniel Stern and Joe Pesci's character in Home Alone die? And they should have by just the sheer amount of like things that Macaulay Culkin put them through. The amount of times that I think about the name Daniel Stern now, a name that I did not know three calendar years ago. He was in something else recently. I know. He's vibing. Good for him. What did what did you think of this movie? Okay, so I'm of two thoughts here. Sure. Okay, because I really love harbor like i think that david harbor is really fun and entertaining to watch i think he's a good time i love stranger things i love him as a person Mm -hmm. i've had friends who've worked with him and they have nothing but lovely things to say about him so i just i'm a fan right and so i would pretty much watch anything with david harbor in it also i recently was in london and saw lily allen in a show that's true she was amazing in it and I was like, is she going to be Mrs. Claus? Because she is Mrs. Harbor. Wow. So we'll see. We'll see. It's tough because I am like, yeah, I liked this movie. I would recommend this movie. But I did not watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, you did. You, you, I heard it. You were hiding a lot during the movie. <laughs> I heard it like a radio drama. And I was like, well, that sure is a lot of squelching. You know, there mm-hmm. was a lot of guns, which is not for me. Sure. I think that it's very similar to like... Like the diehards, the Home Alones, all the action movie, scary movie, slapsticky Christmas tropes. Mm-hmm. Of which, before doing these this podcast, I didn't realize there was such a plethora of variety of Christmas films. Yeah, like there really, really are. I used to think it was like classic Christmas films and like family Christmas films, and then your Hallmarks. Mm-hmm. But there's a wide breadth 
of Christmas movies. I mean, thank goodness. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to do this for, I mean, indefinitely at this point. Right. <laughs> so We'll never stop. Yeah. I wanted to quote a review from The Atlantic by Megan Garber, who said, Violent Night offers up a timely amalgam. It is torture porn that is also a morality play, mm. which I think is giving this movie a lot of credit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, generally speaking, guns, violence, torture porn, not my thing. Right. David Harbour, my thing. John Leguizamo, let's talk about another person that I saw in theater, loved him in uh, Latin American History for Morons. Amazing person, I think. But amazing performer. <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, He's yeah. an amazing person. But <laughs> Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? I enjoyed watching him. You know, I could have done with a little more depth. But it's an action movie. I think that this movie would make a lot of people happy to see during the Christmas season. Now, more depth is interesting. I don't mean more lore. I mean like more emotional depth. Mm, I guess so. Why? Go ahead and tell me your notes. I think this was exactly what it was billed as. Oh, sure. Which is Violent Night, which is (laughs) a pun on... The song Silent Night. Yeah. And Classic. Boy, howdy, did they utilize Christmas killing in a way that was incredible. The thing with me, though, is that, like, I would want Violent Night. Mm-hmm. I want this same film, a slightly different script, directed by David Fincher. Because then <sighs> I'm on a David Fincher kick, and I've been making that. What, then we won't be able to see anything? <laughs> Well, that's my point. All is calm. All is bright. You get David Fincher in. Nothing is calm. You can't see shit. Because my know. man loves to underlight. You know, I don't think I need that from Fincher. I made Dan watch Seven recently. I loved it. I thought it was great. You didn't make me. It was just something on our list that we hadn't watched. Together. I'd seen it before. You make it sound like I'm so resistant to David Fincher movies. I love David Fincher. The man's never turned on a light. <laughs> we and, have so much in common, me and David. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> I did ask Dan before recording. We're in my little office. And I was like, do you need a light? And he's like, I would like to see your face. And I was like, okay. Yeah. Anyway, that's enough about David Fincher. The thing about this is that Santa and Trudy are having a little too much fun with the killing. Mm. And I, we, should, we should clarify. Trudy is eight. Ma- oh. Yeah, if that. The the actress is probably 10 or 12, but, like, she was playing, like, an 8 or 9-year-old. Like, very young. Yeah. Um, And she was, like, you know how, like, Macaulay Culkin was, like, whenever he got the bad guys, he'd be, like, yes. Trudy was doing the same, but it was, like, he fell on his back off the ladder into a bed of nails that I put on the floor. Yes. It was, it was a little bloodlusty, yeah. And she didn't really have a concept of what violence was, you know. And that's maybe a commentary, too, on the youth of America, uh, kind of being numb to violence. Yeah. As one of my favorite things to say is, extremely difficult watch. 10 out of 10. Loved it. <laughs> um, I, you know. Probably th- won't watch again. <laughs> oh, definitely won't watch again. There was a lot of gore and yep. lots of like dismemberment and all sorts of things. Dismemberment and rememberment. Yes. Name of the episode. That's nothing. <laughs> violence. <laughs> always out here telling me my episode titles are nothing well that's not always true it's just the ones that are nothing (laughs) more like yes mare (laughs) hashtag yes mare before it's been been three years and i'll never escape yes mare (laughs) 
I don't know. I, I kind of peppered in a lot of my thoughts throughout the recap. I, I think that this movie is exactly what it was billed as. And if you go into it expecting something wholesome, you're in the wrong place. I hear that. But if you are expecting David Harbour to be absolutely dismembering human bodies. Because he's a Viking. Viking. Then enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just jump into some fun facts. What do you got for me? I think you said you had a lot. I do. So during the film, after David Harbour takes out some of the insurgents, John Leguizamo asks whether the protagonist could be a small town cop with five kids, the protagonist being Santa Claus, a reference to Chief Hopper in Stranger Things. Oh, I didn't catch that. Well, yeah. A lot of the dialogue I didn't catch. It's not It's not about the dialogue. Mm-hmm. So going back to the diehard of it all, like this is a film that I think most blatantly of the films we've seen like references other Christmas movies. Yeah, it's very self-aware. Yes. And so John Leguizamo asks David Harbour at one point, all right, who the hell are you really? Some security guard who's watched too many action flicks, mm. which echoes Hans Gruber's questions to John McClane and Die Hard. You know my name, but who are you? Just another American who saw too many movies as a child. Yeah. So I thought that that was a cool little reference. And when he said that, I was like, yeah, this is Die Hard. Mm -hmm. And so going, continuing with the theme of Die Hard, in one of the many references, uh, one character is named Thorpe. And the book on which Die Hard is based on Nothing Lasts Forever was written by Roderick Thorpe. Yeah, I think that was John Leguizamo's character's actual name. Oh. I, I remember like seeing that and I'd be like, I'm just going to keep calling him John Leguizamo. <laughs> <laughs> so in a 2022 interview, the director spoke about referencing Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And I really enjoyed this quote. He said, obviously, when I was a kid, I loved Home Alone. But as you get older, you think, oh, they would die if you did those things to them right i'm telling you (laughs) yeah that very literally our first episode ever so that was basically the approach to the scene he goes on to say all right let's just do traps very similar to home alone and let's just see what it does to a human being and i think what makes it so funny as well is that the little girl she doesn't realize she's hurting them she just thinks she's doing things like the movie ah this is fun in games Mm, yeah So the joy that, like, we're seeing is, like, this is a little bloodlusty. She, according to the director, is supposed to be seeing it as, like, oh, this is just like Home Alone. How cool. Yeah. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. Now, there is a a good part of the movie Trudy spends in an attic. Mm -hmm. Did it at all look familiar to you? The attic? The attic that she's in. Uh, I didn't really, really think about it that much. But no. Well, it has a, a a pretty famous window. It's the same one that Caesar looks out of in James Franco's house in Rise of Planet of the Apes. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, I love those movies, but that was not remotely on my mind. <laughs> you were looking at me like, you know, name a movie with an attic. That's that's it. No, no. I, I'd have to go back and look at it. But like, yeah. That's that makes sense. Caesar is in the attic a lot at, in uh, Planet of the Apes. Yeah, cool. That's weird. <laughs> weird that they use the same house, but that's exciting. Yeah, I, I don't think it's the same house. It's the same set. It's oh. like the pieces of the set. Oh, okay. You know, that... So we were talking about the other unrecognizable cast members, right? So apart from the main cast, 
Almost all of the other actors, the hench people, the mercenaries, the security, the barkeeps, all of them, uh-huh. appear in multiple other Christmas TV movies. Oh. And this was intentionally done by the casting department. So many of them are the same movies with Sugar Plum, who is played by Stephanie Sai, and the UK male Santa, who is played by John B. Lowe, being tied for the most with 16 Christmas credits each. That's crazy. So these are people who are like career Christmas moviers. I mean, that's like a really fun detail. Yeah. But also that means later on when we end up watching these movies, we'll be like, why do I know what that person is? It's going to be like, oh, Violent Night. Yeah, I mean, there are two people literally on this film who each have 16 credits as of 2023 in just Christmas movies. That's wild. That's a full-fledged acting career. Yeah. Good for them. Get that money. Love that for them. Now, this is a little a little nod and love to the District of Columbia. Yes. When Santa is flying west over Washington, D.C., uh-huh. at approximately like the 14-minute mark, he's peeing, and the Jefferson Memorial is obscured by the Washington Monument. Therefore, he would be over the White House in a few seconds. Oh, so he's peeing on the White House? Yes, which oh. is just like a little fun geographic detail. Classic bit. He's got thoughts. And my last fun fact is that this film had a world premiere at New York Comic Con. I think I knew that. I feel like I'm sure David Harbour was just doing like endless press for Str- uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Things. Yeah. And then, of course, this would make sense to premiere Violet yeah. Night. I feel like I remember it premiering at Comic-Con. That sounds familiar. Yeah. It was. It did premiere in October, which is tough. Um, yeah. Just but... for Comic-Con. But um, still, I think that's, that's really cool. And fun. Yeah. I do remember it coming out kind of early last year and being like, oh, yeah, we'll probably do this, but not this year. Yeah. So those are my fun facts. I love it. So good. Such an interesting, like, actual, like, a surprising amount of thought and detail went into a lot of this. You know, when when a movie is both more recent and well-received, I feel like we can usually find better fun facts and details about it. Yeah. We're like... Christmas story Christmas we're like what is this movie what what what? who cares about this movie but this I'm like I see this as something that will if it doesn't already will have a cult following yeah you know like it's like feels like it was built for that yeah I don't think this movie is at all like revolutionary or even that great but I do just appreciate when this is I've learned this through making this podcast where it's like entertainment can just be entertainment uh-huh. And it's nice to capitalize on the star power of someone who's having a good moment and sort of try to bring in their fan base, which like David Harbour and Stranger Things is such a phenomenon, into something that's already kind of a money grab, which is Christmas movies. Right. Like, why not? It's yeah. great. We had a great time. No one's upset about it. We're probably going to get a sequel. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, I saw something also that the sequel was going to focus a lot more on like the North Pole and the elves and like all that aspect of it. So that could be fun. Yeah. Alrighty, folks. As we do every episode, it's time for our definitive ranking of this movie. As is our tradition, we base our rankings around the 12 days of Christmas. So, out of 12 days of Christmas, how would you rate Violent Night? Okay, so as I've said, 10 out of 10. Extremely difficult watch. (laughs) Sure. Loved it. I'm going to give this 10 Lords Leaping. Wow. Here's the thing about that 10 Lords Leaping. I probably will never watch this movie again. Mm -hmm. But the enjoyment... I felt watching it, despite not being able to look at times. I'm like, this is exactly the right movie. Yeah. I think this is a lot of fun. I think David Harbour is having a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. I love when 
actors look like they're having fun doing this movie. I agree. This looks like David Harbour was like picked for this movie ahead of time. Like it wasn't like, oh, we're going to audition a bunch of people. It was like, hey, David Harbour, we're going to write you this Christmas movie. What do you think? And he probably had a lot of input. On yeah, it, you know, I could see that. I liked learning that a lot of these other actors in this movie who I didn't know and probably still won't know have been in a lot of other Christmas movies. Like, that's fun. Yeah. And I think I think there's just a lot of, like, in-jokes about Christmas movies and things like that. And, you know, I, I loved it. Again, probably will never watch it again. Uh, <laughs> it's extremely bloody, extremely gory. Sure. But it answered a lot of questions like, what would happen to the people in Home Alone? They would they would be killed. Right. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Of course. I stand by it. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. And what was Santa before Santa? A a Norse Viking warrior. Mm. And I'm excited to watch the second one. Again, it'll be super difficult to watch, I'm sure, but I had a great time watching it. Wonderful. What about you? What were you, what are you gonna rate this? So again, I'm of two minds, yada yada yada. For me, it is a solid Seven Swans Swimming. Okay. Yeah, I, I'm feels good with low. That. It feels low, but I just, I, you know, I hesitate with these types of films. I appreciate what it does. It's not for me. And it's honestly as simple as that. Honestly, if I'm going to go into the more violent, action-y ones mm-hmm. and everything changes in retrospect, for me, it's Gremlins. Yeah. Gremlins really does it for me. And, like, I really loved Krampus as well. Um, and for me, this is just a notch below both of all of those, mm-hmm. you know? And it's also a notch below Die Hard. And so it's difficult because now I have this, like, wide breadth of understanding. But what I would say is that, wow, I can't believe I'm getting serious about this. But this is a Christmas movie for people who love Christmas movies. Yeah. Like, for people who are like us, I guess, who are, like, Christmas movie genre lovers and want to see a wide range of things, this is a good film for you. Yeah. Um, and it's just an homage to films that are better than it in many ways, but I still really liked it. So, Seven Swans Swimming. Yeah. And I'll say, too, it's about the viewing experience. Yeah, of course. You know? hundred Just for fun. That's our whole thing. Just for fun. Oops all bits. Oops all bits. Thank you so much for listening. We are only 59 days away from guys getting married new year's eve and then doing this podcast is is tough because it's it's uh, 59 days is very close 59 days away from christmas and we hope to spread as much christmas spirit as possible so please share this with your friends if they aren't already listening join us next week as we take a look back at a film that was recommended to us by friend of the pod joe huggard we will be watching The Family Stone. I can't wait. Yeah, we've already started watching it. And we have thoughts. It's and good. It's <laughs> exciting. And as we say every episode, Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas.